For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. It's the Mike Calvin Show. It's 1025 The Bone. Please go get Dave Mustaine and bring him in here. Uh, I don't have the information for the Ruth Hecker Hall thing. Watch people's heads roll. Thanks to the Google box. I can pull this up. The Hendrix Experience. Celebrate the music and legacy of Jimi Hendrix's 2019 tour. Is happening at Ruth Eckert Hall. There he is. What's up, buddy? How are you doing? Come on in, sit down, relax. Yeah, yeah, it's you, man. Headphones, the whole deal. You look great. I don't know if that's gay to say, but you do. I mean, I, 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 I haven't seen you in a really long time um, in person, and you look, uh, you look fantastic. We've had some rock stars walk in, and we go, hey, jeez, look at that. <laughs> I'm eking on the inside. <laughs> Um, you want to hear? Look, we start this off funny. I you created a uh, term in my in my life that nobody else will understand, and I never thought I'd have the opportunity to explain this to you. When I take my kids to the beach, I mustain them before they go to the beach. Uh-oh. The last time I saw you, you were playing a festival show at a rock station I was working at here in Florida, hundred and ten degrees. No, it was no. Way. Oh, I think I remember. It was livestock. Movie. It was a long yes. time ago. Yes. And you were making your way to the stage. And first of all, this is also a great sign of, uh, you know, the level of somebody's rock stardom if they have a person that slathers uh, sunblock on them. <laughs> Dave had to take off his shirt and some lovely lady put sunblock on because you're so fair skinned mm-hmm. and and uh, being red hair and fair skin, you die out here without it. Yeah, He's yeah. the same way, Captain yeah, Irish over yeah. here. So, but it's just so funny is uh, that was my like lasting vision of you, mm. this woman, and I go look at him. That's how that's you how you <laughs> hope to achieve a point in life. You've made where some lovely lady slathers you. So whenever we go to the beach, I go. I have a young daughter. I go. Don't just spray it. Stain it up. Get them all nice, and, <laughs> so you don't get a nice little coat like a little uh, like a fried chicken under there. I guess I won't tell you about the the girl that puts the condoms on. <laughs> <laughs> she also slathers from what I understand. No, very Are you a uh, single man or a married man? Married. I was just kidding. How long have you been married? 28 years yesterday. How? Are wow. you serious? Yeah, I was able to celebrate our anniversary here in beautiful Florida. And where do you meet her? Uh, Megadeth is spelled wrong up there. Oh, yeah. Well, Come just, on. Just that guy's... Go back to no A. He's 100 years no old. A. The last band... Hooked on phonics worked for me, genius. <laughs> yeah. how, how? And where do you meet uh, your wife is she a fan? Uh, I her? met her in California. So she, um, we, we. Uh, I had a guy that was friends with our drummer Nick Manza. Uh-huh. He was actually assistant for uh, Steve. Um, what was it? Steve Nadler, the guy from Guns N' Roses, right? right? So <clears throat> back in the day, uh, it was real popular for everybody to be using really hard drugs. So this guy had just come out of rehab, and he knew that I was sober. And he goes, uh, "Would you mind coming with me to my first show?" to just kind of be a mentor and help me out, you know. So I said, sure. So I go there, and I see my future dream come true, and and, um, 
I have my guy that's with me, um, and I said, I said, hey, Juan, see that blonde over there? Go, go tell her I want to meet her. Mm-hmm. So he's really dark-complected and giant, beautiful white teeth, and he <laughs> wanders across this place. And, and all of a sudden, I see these giant white teeth flashing in the dark, and I'm thinking either he's eating her or he's laughing hysterically, <laughs> right? So I go, okay, I'm, I'm hoping it's the latter, and he comes up, and he's smiling, and, and I said, what happened? And he goes, she said... You want to meet her? You need to go there yourself. Oh yeah. And I thought, cool spice. I like uh-huh. that. And so I went up to her and I said, "Hi, I'm. D- I know who you are." And and I was okay. Apparently, her friend was a uh, there. Her roommate. They were out playing pool, and and she knew who I was. And Pam did not. And and it was great because you know we we fell in love and we didn't have anything in common um, other than you know our our attraction to one another. And right. And, the and love you don't want to. You don't want to marry. A, a hardcore groupie, you know no. what I mean. So this works out yeah. perfect. Yeah, she may you have, have so many examples of that in 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 the music yeah, and never television and film industry. You know, you never respect them on a level that you need to respect your wife. Yeah, you know? but you notice how it's never really the uh, huge female stars marry guy groupies. No, no, no. Always I always ask female stars about that. Like, do like does that happen? Like, did Hart have a guy that goes out and I know Go Go's had talked about it where they did a lot of stuff. So they also did. That was a lot of drug induced sex with them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I would imagine that we'd be very happy with that. I think, yeah. guys, we're just we're dirty. So, how hard is that to be an international celebrity and stay married for so long? I mean, that's a that's a huge accomplishment in your business. Well, you know, there has been with I think any good marriage, there's been you know ups and downs. Of course, because, you know, it's like there's old sayings that you know every time you melt down silver. Stuff that floats to the top, right. it's dross. It's bad stuff, and you you purify it every time you uh, melt the silver down. It gets more pure, or and fire cleanses. And I think that you know, with us, we've had, like I said, a spicy, fiery relationship. But you know, I, I love her, and and um, you know, I think if if you don't work through the stuff, it's gonna it's gonna become really big. Yeah. things and and uh, i think people just give up on on stuff uh when uh, they give up on their 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 marriages because it's an inconvenience yeah, sometimes it's easier just to yeah, bail just yeah. to bail you know and and uh, i wasn't taught that you know i'm i'm obviously you know from a different um mindset from a lot of people yeah. and i i believe that you know you don't stay in a marriage just because you know you if if you married somebody and you made vows and and you're you're gonna you really love that person whether you know it's uh, fight it out it's yeah, what you yeah. agreed to when you got yeah. married yeah oh, yeah. that's interesting you have children two that i know of how how, how old uh 27 justice is 27 and elector just turned 21 at what age i ask all the celebrities at what age do they realize that you are cool and not just dad What's the date? Yeah. <laughs> That's what everybody says too. Like, there's no like you got to imagine all your kids' friends were like, dude. You, first of all, your dad's got long hair. Yeah. He shreds on the guitar, and we see him on TV mm. and stuff and touring. Mm. And then the kids are like. Meh, meh. Uh, that's what you get from it. From well, I think that you know that's probably not a good idea to keep showing the picture of James either. That's not me. I, what are you showing? Boy. Don't worry about that, Joey. Just go back to what's live in the studio. Mm. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay, <laughs> I'm sure you'll be firing that guy later. <laughs> He's a hundred. He doesn't know who anybody is. Uh, so, so okay. what were you saying about your about your kids? What? Well, I'm saying a lot of stuff about my kids. They're you know I again you know when you think about kids, a lot of times people they. 
for me, I I don't know why, but I had a, a really difficult upbringing, and I got through it, albeit on my own. Yeah, you know, I I uh, my mom moved out when I was really young, and and I uh, been living on my own since I was fifteen, which by today's standards, really really young. That was nineteen seventy six, sure. living on my own. Yeah, <laughs> and back then, where know, is this? In in Huntington Beach, California. Okay. I was a little surf punk, so you know, already I pretty much didn't want to listen to anyone or anything, and and when. Because my mom was a Jehovah's Witness, and and is that why she left? Yes. Oh, she got yeah. culted up, and yeah. And where's your dad? Was he not my around? My dad had passed away uh, shortly after my mom moved out, and they were divorced. I, you know, they got divorced when I was four, and I got to see him every once in a while, but not as much as I really truly wanted. To. Right. So how yeah. do you how do you survive on your own at fifteen? Are you working, or are you just kind of hopping couches? That's, this is why my mom uh, moved out. I was selling pot. You know, uh, I figured, okay, at that time, living at the beach, you're fifteen years old. What skills do I have? Right, none yeah, except for yeah, yeah. rolling joints, you know. So, uh, so did you I, play guitar yet at that age? Just started. Yeah, okay. just started. But you know, I knew that something was happening, yeah. and and it uh, it wasn't long until I realized. Probably around eighteen was when it started to become clear to me that this is uh, an option for me because yeah. I loved sports. I wanted to, you know, we were talking about the uh, Grapefruit League down here and, and when I was a kid, I, I loved baseball. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, what kid doesn't? Who'd you like? Who was your California team? Or did or was I wasn't. I, I, I thought Johnny Bench was the coolest guy in the world yeah. and then Steve Yeager was the other guy because I, I wanted to be a catcher. The whole art of putting on all that armor and yeah, when we would play, uh, I... Uh, and my mom would tell me these terrible stories about how bad I was that I would stand in front of the plate and I wouldn't let kids come past even if I didn't have the ball. Right. And, and the parents <laughs> parents talked really badly about me. There's that Mustang kid again. And, and, and I thought, you know, well, you, we're not going to lose. Yeah. You know, you want to get here, you're going to have to fight for it. Because that's kind of my mentality at the time, you know, just... just if you want it, come and get it. But you better be prepared to fight for it. Right, and, right. and that's how I... Well, you lived your life like that. I wasn't really that old at the time, oh, so yeah. I hadn't been scarred that much. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'd already from four to whatever that age was, no dad, you know, you're already scrapping on your own. Right, 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 And my heart goes out to um, your listeners who are parents that are single parents or who are, are um, maybe younger, who have grown up and not had that... that, uh, that a role model, the male role model. Sure. For me, I didn't have the male role model. I had a, a surrogate role model from my my brother-in-laws, who were both cops, which, believe it or not, did not affect me to be anti-authoritarian. I had... Were they significantly older than you? Yes. Okay. Uh, my two oldest sisters uh, were probably... Uh, I, I can never remember their birthdays <laughs> because we weren't really... We never really spent a lot of time together close because the whole witness... Sure. Thing, birthdays weren't significant, so I really... You know, it's like looking at a tree. Owl's a tree. Who the hell knows? Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're probably going to hate the fact I compared him to a tree <laughs> just now. Yeah. An oak yeah, and a pine. Yeah. Yeah. Of uh, a tree or a well, turtle. cut them in the half and count the rings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, so that was your that was your uh, figure was your your like father figure became your brother in law. Yeah, yeah, and you know they they did. I thought really the best that they could. My uh, oldest sister's husband was super cool. He was this uh, guy from Lithuania, and um, he had become a motorcycle cop for the California Highway Patrol. Oh, and his beat was uh, uh, on uh, Pacific Coast Highway, so right. he's all tanned and and uh, riding a Harley up and down the coast. Looking, pretty good gig. Writing tickets to poor yeah. girls in bikinis all day long. <laughs> yeah. The beach, yeah. I, yeah, he would get up in the morning and just like creak down the hallway. <laughs> with all that leather squeaking and stuff, and then he would uh, start up his Harley and the whole neighborhood would shake and I thought you know who the f 
<laughs> Who's going to say anything to this dude? Yeah. He's got a gun on and he's starting up and the whole neighborhood vibrates. But I thought that was really cool. And then the other brother-in-law was the chief of police in Stanton, which was cool for me because we used to go to this place called the Stanton Picture Palace, which was a, a theater that had these giant fans on the ceiling. And you could go in there and watch movies like the Jimi Hendrix thing that I'm doing right now. Yeah. Uh, I watched a lot of Hendrix performances in the Stanton Picture Palace. Oh, really? And what they would do is like you could go there and drink and smoke and do whatever you wanted to. And if the cops ever came in, of course, I had to get out of jail free card. My brother-in-law was the chief right, of police. Right, right. But um, they would go, ladies and gentlemen, the uh, authorities have entered the building, so let's not to violate any smoking ordinances. <laughs> Please extinguish all uh, lit, uh, blah, blah, blah. Give a nice little heads up. And then all of a sudden you'd, you'd watch, you know, above you, because you see the smoke through the, the light from the film and yeah. everything, and then it starts going up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, fade out. A reverse exorcism, whatever. <laughs> so, um, anyways, long story boring, I, I saw the Hendrix uh, Rainbow Bridge flick there, and there was another, I can't remember the other performance that I saw that he did, but talk about amazing, amazing opportunity to do this Jimi Hendrix thing right well, now. Had you, had you played at the time before you saw the movies, or was that kind of like... I was still really young. I was still just... just yeah, that, that at that point, um, I just met my brother-in-law's little brother who uh, was playing in a band, so I just was cutting my teeth. How long before you realized that you were probably better than the average person playing? Like, you were like, oh, I got something here. You know what? I, I got to tell you the craziest thing, like even today. Last night when I was on stage with the other guitar players out of there, I... You know, I have my doubts. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think that's good because it has. Yeah, you don't want to get too. I have a healthy respect for my my instrument and my job, and I think that uh, you know when, when you take it for granted and you just think you're the greatest thing in the world, then you know it's time to get a little attitude adjustment. Yeah. Well, you could see all the guys mm. who that kicked in the ass from having that attitude over the years. That and there's so many great new players right now. The problem is, is you can sit in your room and shred your tail off on on YouTube videos, but you know, how do you find the other guys that have the same vision that you do or the same kind of dedication that you do? And, and can any of you write a song? Because yeah. you know what? We all can listen to some guy burn up a fretboard, but you know what? When you're, when you're driving down the road and you're tapping it out on the steering wheel, is it... Or, or is it something like... Uh, 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 you know, and, you, and you're, okay, I, you know, I've got something to drive to. You know. let, me, let me tell you about this show. Uh, it's happening at Ruth Eckert Hall. It's the Experience Hendrix, and uh, in addition to Dave Mustaine, you got. I mean, you want to see why you'd be you, why you'd be doubting yourself up there? You got Joe Satriani, you got Johnny Lang, you got Dweezil Zappa, mm. Eric. John, I mean, I, I got to be honest, I can't imagine how much this costs to put this show together just from the <laughs> most people that are on there. Uh, Zach Wild, Doug Pennick, uh, Doug Pennick from King's X. King's X yeah. uh, uh, there's a whole bunch of Kenny Aronoff playing the uh, the drums with you guys. Mm. Uh, so that's a that's a huge. The drummer from the Fabulous Thunderbirds is playing with me, Chris. Oh, okay. Uh, I can't remember his last name. I just met him, but Chris he's, Layton. He's awesome. He's a cool guy. Yeah. And and that whole Stevie Ray Vaughan, Jimmy Vaughan connection with that Austin stuff. We were talking, and I said, "Where are you from?" And he goes, "Austin." And I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were just down there 30 years ago crawling around all the barbecued restaurants trying to see if anybody knew where Eric Johnson lived and where Stevie Ray Vaughan was from because I love 
loved listening to that stuff. Actually, the way I got turned on to that whole scene with the, the Vaughn brothers was through Gar and Chris. Gar Samuelson and Chris Poland, the first lineup of Megadeth. They, right. they loved those players. I was not really so much into the uh, super guitar muso kind of guys. I, I, I liked Angus. I liked uh, Michael Schenker. I liked what Glenn and KK were doing. I, I loved what was going on with... Um, Motorhead and, and the new wave of British heavy metal, Diamond Head, right, right, right. stuff like that. And a lot of those guitar players are, are more riff-oriented. Yeah. So going back to the part about, you know, sitting in your room and shredding, it can only gets you so far. Sure, uh, but it's definitely a, a way to get noticed when you're mm. out there on stage. Right, uh, right. It, the way I think that Jimmy got noticed, uh, not to cut you off, yeah, yeah. Um, but I will. Uh, the, <laughs> the thing with Jimmy was he did, when you do a, a, a play, do you play at all? I, I play bass. Okay, great. Perfect. I'm not example. very good. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. A bass is one of those instruments that, that has its its place. It's so important because it connects everything. And I think a lot of people, they they discredit bass players. Because when you think of bass players, you usually think of the dude from the monkeys, right? You know? <laughs> that, that's who, you is know, that who you think of? You, you, don't, you don't think of like yeah, Sting yeah. or Lemmy or you don't think of, you know, other people like Steve Harris right. or, or, or Getty or, or, you know, Paul McCartney. Uh, Those are the five greatest bass players I know. Um, anyways, uh, God, what was I talking about? How did I get down this path here? I don't know, but you know, I do this all the time. Then Galvin has to walk me yeah, back well, five we minutes. Just we were talking about, about before yeah. the bass players. You were thing. saying about Jimmy. Yeah. And then, uh, okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, so the bass players. Go. Sorry. Thank you for yeah. that. that uh, <laughs> freshen up. Um, so so Jimmy does this thing where uh, like with uh, three piece, if you know, in, and sometimes four pieces. If you have a front man that doesn't play an instrument, right? When there's only three instruments, guitar, bass, drums. When the rhythm stops and the guitar player goes into the lead, that's when all bets are off. Yeah. You know, that's when you can tell if the guitar player is a well-rounded player. And one of the things that Jimmy did that I've discovered that's really weird is he had really enormous hands. And uh, I had the privilege, um, before I even knew this was going to happen, I went to this guy in San Diego who was very wealthy, and, and uh, he invented some crazy electronic device, and he collected guitars. So I got to play Jimmy's V. And then I went to the Hard Rock Cafe in London, uh -huh. and they have a vault underneath there with guitars. Well, stuff, yeah. And I played his other V. So he oh, has wow. two Vs that uh, were those psychedelic paint job ones, and that's uh, we have this really beautiful guitar we're debuting during the show of the Jimmy version yeah. of the, the the guitar I play. So um, The Jimmy version of the Dean Mustaine guitar. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. That's pretty it's, cool. It's really nice. So, so uh, what Jimmy would do, um, he he had this thing, um, which I like to do in Megadeth songs too, which is having a counterpoint bass uh, part that moves against the guitar rhythms. Okay. So the guitar rhythm will be in one position and the bass will move either down or upward. And uh, it changes everything. So the rhythm stays the same the bass root moves so it, it it changes the the modality of the song and jimmy would play like for example with one one of the songs i'm doing is fire um he's doing some chords with the, the four fingers on his right hand and he's using his thumb over the top of the neck to hold the bass note okay and in a song called reckoning day i do the same thing where i play with my thumb hanging over the neck and i don't know a lot of people that were doing that at the time, and I and I had forgotten that Jimmy had done it. And frankly, I didn't know how to play fire the right way. Right. You know, I was looking up some tablature, and one of the famous tab sites, um, it, it has. Uh, 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 
and it, and it. The first few chords right there, right. mistakes in it already. Uh. How can you screw <laughs> that up? Oh my God! Uh. You know. So, um, be careful what tab sites you go to out there, you young guitar players. Yeah. When you're a bass player, the best thing to do is let your guitarist learn the song, and then he teaches you. To play. <laughs> that too, <laughs> that's right. or his uh, or his uh, lotion lather. <laughs> <laughs> the the Mustaine slather. Dave Mustaine is in the studio with us. Uh, the show is happening at Ruth Eckert Hall tonight at seven thirty. You can go see the Experience Hendrix. Now you got a couple other things going on. Now, what is? Tell me about the Megadeth beer. Oh, that's uh, been a huge success. We got involved in in a company up in uh, Canada, and we debuted the beer here in Florida at the World of Beer, and that was October 22nd, two years ago, so... um, It's it's been fantastic. We've sold um, when when you total everything up, it's over five point two million twelve ounce bottles of beer, and um, that's about what we drank in my first band. (laughs) And and the 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 beer has already it's called a saison, which is uh, season. Right. And the monks in Belgium, when they would harvest, they would make a particular brew. For the summertime when they harvested, which was the saison brew, more refreshing, lighter, it it, uh, it got the job done. So when they said, "Did you want to try an IPA?" I thought, "God, that is such a tired, beat down yeah. beer style. Everybody does an IPA." You're not a hipster, right? Yeah. So so um, when the opportunity came to do a saison, I, I didn't know what it was, and I thought, "Let me try it," and and it was fantastic. We've won two gold medals already with it, and so now you, but you don't drink, right? I I, I drink you, beer. You do drink, yeah. okay? So yeah. you were, you said sober. You mean from drugs? You don't do drugs back then, right? Back, back I got then, you. Yeah. So you, I mean, so you're able to, to drink now recreationally yeah. and not yeah. affect you. Good, good yeah. for you. So, so then you I'm have, drinking now. Yeah, <laughs> you have Coffee. you have say into what, what not just the name and the design, but you're actually picking the flavor and how it goes. And this way, if it's going to represent you, you want it to be to an extent. Legit. See, yeah. I'm not a beer master, okay, a meister, brew master, whatever. Um, what what I am is somebody who. Uh, when you drink, I like to drink for the effect. Yeah. And, and I just want to have a cold beer. I just want to be refreshed. I just want to chill out. Right. And if you have something that you're drinking and it's awful, you know, why, why? Sure. It's like, okay, here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> drinking jet fuel to get it. a buzz. Yeah. yeah. So so um, what we did was we... we Followed after the wisdom of these monks, and and you know they're out laboring in the fields during the summer months. Who better to know what the best beer is than beer makers, right? <laughs> right? So uh, that was something really easy for us to to make a decision on. Now the second beer we have is going to be coming out in a few months, and um, we found out there was so much weird stuff that took place during the making of this beer. You know, like I, what? I, Thirteen has showed up in my life all over the place. Okay. Right, so. <clears throat> We decided that we were going to use uh, the word 13 somehow, the number 13 somehow. Right. And, and we turned uh, all the numbers in and everything came back. So the bitterness chart, the IBU, right. is 1.9. The alcohol volume is 6.1. So 1961, that's my year I was born. Oh, wow. Right? And then the 13 um, came down to how many ingredients we have in the beer. There's 13 ingredients in the beer. 
So, so I, things all kind of came together. Yeah, it was really weird, all these 13s and my, the month and the year and the day and all that kind of stuff. And I think the, the most fabulous thing of all is that there's not a whole bunch of stuff in there to get the point across. And, you know, people loved the Limon beer, obviously, with the sales. That's an incredible amount of beer. Yeah, sure. And uh, Obviously, your name... The name is only going to sell a certain amount. It's got to taste good in order to sell that exactly, amount of money. Exactly, right. Yeah. The, you know, the name will sell the first one. The right. taste will sell the second one. Right. So, well, that's good that you're having success with that. Yeah, and we, we you, this is how that all happened. When I got approached, um, I, I got to tell the story backwards yeah. a little bit. Somebody was making fun of metal guitar players and <clears throat> saying that you know they, they aren't really skilled. And I, I said, you know, the... the Classical violinists of the past are the metal guitar players of today. Sure. They shred back on the violin. Right, yeah. right. You put a flying V in, in Vivaldi's hands, and, and I, I can only imagine what that <laughs> stuff would have sounded like, right? So um, I'm I'm excited about, uh, I should say VMNT. Um, so I, I, uh, I get this notion to challenge this guy, and, and they said, you could never do it, and I said, watch me. Yeah. So I did... Uh, four songs uh, with the um, the San Diego Symphony. Oh, we wow. did two Vivaldi tracks, uh, and, and we did a Bach track and a Wagner track. And uh, we wanted to have something that was going to uh, be kind of like a social lubricant, but also help everybody kind of come together. And you know, because you're going to have people that are subscribed to the uh, Symphony Hall that are in tuxes most of the time and are going to show up for the first time in like leather, right, right, right. and vice versa. You know, dudes that wear denim and leather all the time are going to go in a in a tux. You sure. know, they're going to the to the, to the uh, you know to the you symphony. Fit in, yeah. Right, right. So, so we thought, what's the one thing we know everybody's going to really enjoy? And and because beer was such a, a hit or miss thing. We thought, just let's get a wine, get a cab, something that's like a really nice blend everybody could like and everybody sure. could enjoy. And poof, it was gone. And we knew because I, I went in there and tasted it myself. Yeah. And I'm picky. You know, if, if it doesn't taste good, like I said earlier, if, if the beer doesn't taste good, I'm not going to drink it. Yeah. So so the wine was um, a huge success. And, and then we got into making wine yeah. and we planted a vineyard at our house in Fallbrook so that's ready to be harvested it takes between three to five years for the grapes to fully mature by the way that's the other sign that you're a rock star is when you have enough property to put a vineyard in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we're also okay uh, <laughs> So, so that was really interesting doing the uh, the wine, and uh, it was fun for our family culturally because it's something that I wanted to leave for my kids. Yeah. You, know, you can't you can only leave music for so long. You know, they get to experience it, but you know, they didn't get that. You know, enjoyed it in every meal and blah blah blah. Right. So, um, and and I thought, you know, I I don't drink wine during the day. Frankly, I don't drink wine a lot. Um, but uh, I thought, you know, what I what I beer would like to uh -huh. do would to do a beer and yeah. i talked to another company and the guy goes you know we're all stoked and we're gonna do this and then a couple days later down the process they go well you know we don't like your politics and and really I, I, yeah because people they, they hear what i say sometimes and they take it out of context or people will uh edit stuff out or you know they'll say what i said which i didn't really say and even if they disagree with you if it's gonna sell if you're the here's business a, here's, selling beer here's what the guy said he goes Beer and politics don't make okay. bar I've been into. They've talked about sex, politics, and religion. Oh, know? look at that one time Obama had the problem with the plumber guy. They went and had a beer. Yeah. Sit down and talk about a beer. That's yeah. the whole, the, everything's been uh, developed over sitting around drinking a couple of beers. Yeah. That's dumb. Yeah. Well, good. And that's how you weed out the people you don't want to work with and you move on to the, the right 
people. Right. So we ended up going to Canada to this company up there, and it's called Unibrew. And Unibrew is is out of um, uh, Quebec, uh, where there there's there's this famous r- route that goes down into the states. Okay. So my father's side of the family had uh, migrated from Europe through into Ohio. And so we have this connection where that area up there we'd come in, and my last name's French. So the people at Unibrew said we got, we have to have everything, all the titles have to have a connection back to paying homage to France. Okay. So that's why the first uh, beer was called a Toulouse. Right. And when you say the name only sells so much, that's true because we have Megadeth kind of smaller than the words of Toulouse. Um, uh, on this new beer, it, it's the reason that we chose to use uh, numerals is because numerals are international. Right, and that's true. that's something that, that uh, you're going to have to see for yourself and taste it for yourself. Listen, I'm not opposed to sitting here and having a tasting uh, live on the air one day. Uh, if you're just joining us, Dave Mustaine is in the studio with us. Which is, uh, I, I, I thank you for getting up early because I would oh, be like, welcome. no, I'm already rich. I'm not getting up early. Uh, the show is happening at Ruth Eckert Hall tonight. Uh, it, listen, uh, you've been responsible for a lot of things, but this, this Dean Guitar, uh, we're, we're friends with Josh. Josh is in our, in our band, and mm-hmm. uh, I've been over there at that factory and seen those guitars, and it's iconic to see mm-hmm. you holding that, uh, that V guitar. And uh, I, I think that's, that's great that you. Uh, that tonight that you'll have your special Hendrix model. Mm. I wish we could have seen Josh. You, you failed us. I wish we could have seen one of those. Get. We, we made them very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, after this, how long does this tour last? This Hendrix thing. Well, the Hendrix tour is, uh, I believe it's five weeks. That's a total of 30 shows. Uh, I don't know the ending date. And then what do you do when it's done? Do you do more uh, Megadeth? Are you... We're in the middle. Actually, I came out of the studio, studio. doing album 16 right now to do this. I, I was home writing the new record, which is coming along really well. And w- when this tour's over, I'll be heading back to the studio. And after that, we do OzFest, or we do the tour with Ozzy. Make you're back here in June. Mm-hmm. June 2nd. Now, how's Ozzy doing? Do we know? I talked to Zach yesterday, and he said he's doing okay. Okay, good. So I didn't press things. I think that, you know, that's something that's personal and private. Right. And um, I think that Sharon's totally capable of disseminating information about Ozzy's health. <laughs> I, I wish I could tell you, but I don't want to yeah, yeah. say something I don't know. I know he's I'm pretty sure okay. Ozzy's been out of it for the last thirty years, and he just this is his fifth life, sixth life. He'll be fine. He'll be yeah. back. He's you know what? He's <laughs> really um, a, a sweet man, and and um, he's, he's a hell of a performer. Yeah, and, you know, with with uh, what what he's contributed to the metal world, and and you know, I, I don't. People have their opinions of all of us. Ozzy's one of those guys. When I see him, I just, I, I just have this feeling of, of just reverence and love and, and respect for him. You know, and yeah, yeah. I mean, I, he. You look at certain people, no matter how much you've achieved, like they're kind of like you know they're so iconic. You have to give them that that credit immediately when you see them. Right. I, it's the same way in any industry that you're in or that you love. There's always somebody who helped get you there, and yeah, you, yeah, I, yeah I know exactly you like, what you mean. That you yeah. respect, and you know what's funny is that 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 feeling, how easy it is to show someone respect. Think about what it would be like if people kind of carried that attitude with them through the day, sure. you know, and and they weren't, you know, wearing all their problems and hardships on their forehead, you know, and and were had people they can confide in when things are going 
tough and and you know we're able to share stuff instead of dumping stuff on people that's why people don't want to listen to other people's crap it's that's true like, enough for our own crap we don't need to hear other people's okay, crap you've been whining about the same stuff for 10 years now either you know yeah divorce or you know <laughs> shut up 16 albums see this will be the 16th one yeah okay studio Quite question for you does it matter now that uh, I don't know, like if this comes out, it's the greatest Megadeth album of all time. Radio is in such a weird state. Do you mm-hmm. even care anymore about radio, or are you like, hey, we're going right to online, or you can buy our stuff? Like, how does that work for you now? That's really hard to answer that because you know the the answer obviously is you know, the whole relationship's bittersweet. I like yeah. the people, but the way that we have to operate within the parameters of the radio world for the average listeners, they don't realize uh, a lot of times that. A lot of the music that you heard, you know, it's it's part of the whole, the big wheel, right? And and that the the DJs, the programmers, don't necessarily feel that you know you need to hear Taylor Swift five hundred times sure. a day, you know. Um, but it's so, way it's so, the way a machine works. Yeah, and what's what's they're told to play, mm-hmm. and so I don't have a grudge for stations or, or people. Um, I I do. Uh, I, I I learned a pretty valuable lesson a long time ago about you know the power of somebody if they shut you out of a market you know and and so for me i I look at it like this if if you have something good to say that's going to help somebody then you say it if if not don't and and for for me with a lot of the the stations what what they say musically is you know that's that's their message that's like when i lived in california down in san diego I'm the biggest musician down there besides when Scott from STP was down there. Mm. You know, play us on the station down there. Yeah. Probably has something to do with me calling the the head of the station fat, but, you know, she was, <laughs> and she didn't play she our music. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I learned. Yeah. I, I learned my lesson. So, uh, I mean, if you don't learn your lesson, then, then you know, that's on you. But, so, it was a, it was a cheap shot. I was hurt. You know, she had said something that they were going to uh, add our single. They didn't. We were... We made a deal with them. We would come and do an acoustic show. We did. They did not. And they didn't add it? They didn't cool. keep their part of the bargain. So naturally, you know, um, I think you said you have Irish in you. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have that fiery temper. And when I found out, we went down there and, and that they did not keep their part of the bargain. It just kind of, you know, when you have something that's full and you bump it, sometimes stuff spills out. Sure. And I got bumped and fat came out. <laughs> <laughs> do, you th- do you think... That you, uh, you seem to me the kind of guy that's always a little full. Like you're always, if you bump him, you're going to get it from him. Not so much anymore. Yeah. I, I, I was in the beginning because I had a lot to say. Yeah. I, I, I was um, feeling that for me, there's there's not a lot of people out there that were really sticking up for us. When mm-hmm. I did the Democratic National Convention and I went to New York and, and represented us at the time, you know, when people thought of, of heavy metal, you know, they thought about us in, in kind of a bad way. Yeah. You know, they thought about us kind of like we're, we're the goofy guys you see in the videos on MTV making fun of us, yeah. you know. and, and They're they, all Warrant and the Cherry Pie days. and Or worse. Or worse, or worse. Yeah, yeah. So when I went to the convention up there and I started hitting the circuit, people were looking at me, wow. How can he also be intelligent? Yeah. Must be the glasses. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, that that was really good for me because I stood up for us. And and there since that point, of course, that was in 1992. I was working with uh, again the Democratic Convention. So for everyone who says that you know I'm I'm a Republican, you know, 
Darn. I'm an independent. I wouldn't have worked with any one party if I was a member of a party, so I vote. What? How I dare to. you b- b- use your own brain to pick instead of siding with a party? Yeah, it's Who it's part you of the divide and conquer mentality again. Yeah. But for me, I look at it like this. When, when I went there, my whole goal was to stick up for you know, people and to... You know, I believe in in protecting the underdog. You know, there because that was me. I, yeah. you know, I was the latchkey kid. I was the guy that was getting the snot beat out of him in school. I was the guy that was picked last during the you know sizing up of teams. And, right. You know that doesn't feel good. And it only happens a couple times. You know, you're playing dodgeball and and you know you tackled the guy that's yeah. <laughs> at, <laughs> at first base because they picked you last. They're going to go okay, pick him first. <laughs> uh, your mom is she alive? No, she passed away. Uh, Were you ever able to reconcile with her? Yeah. Totally. Oh, you are. I took her to Germany. Yeah, yeah. It was funny because, um, you know, fame is, is really crazy. I think it, it, it kind of reminded my mom that she was my mom and the love a mother has for their child supersedes any kind of cult mentality. And, and I believe that the uh, um, religion that my mom and, and my mom's side of the family subscribed to ruined our family. I, I believe sure. that completely. Was 100%. she able to get out of it or did she kind of... No. And, and there, you know, it's, there's still in it. like my sister debbie i'll, I'll say because she's born three days after me i'll call her up i'll say happy birthday and she goes oh okay honey uh, like, happy birthday yeah, yeah. Yeah. and merry christmas too uh, damn it <laughs> so so uh, when your mom when you reconcile with your mom see i that's a that did you go to therapy for that well i went to therapy but it wasn't not for, for that i mean but the reason why i ask is that takes a lot of now i'm famous on my own I'm 15. I'm on my own. I I achieve a level of international stardom. I'd find her too, just so I can give her the finger. But you went back and were able to. I mean, I guess if it's your mom, you feel a little bit different about it. Yeah, there was there was a lot of stuff that led up to that. And I, again, if you're willing to work out your problems and not just throw the baby out with the bathwater, right. I think that it really helps. You know, it was the relationship was worth not uh, ending because you know I didn't uh, like the fact that my mom was getting pressured from people, peer pressure, ostracization. I got you, ostracization. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by this religion, when my mom, the only thing she had after she left my dad was these people. Yeah. You know? And then all of a sudden they say they're going to, you know, disfellowship you, which is the, the thing that they use when they banish right. you or disassociate you, which is another level of it. So, um, yeah, we were, there was one time in, in particular that I knew that she had embraced this because she was telling me she was at a store and that she goes, I don't pay with cash anymore and i said why is that mom she goes i use my checkbook and i said she goes because when i open up my checkbook the boys that are bagging the groceries always see my last name and they go is that your son and i say yes he is and, uh, and I thought, you know what that that, that's a good feeling. that is yeah. worth saying let's push the reset button yeah. for anything you know just to see that's a sweet that's, that's sweet to hear from her you know if you yeah. ever wondered how you're Mother felt about you all these years. That's mm-hmm. a good answer as to, as to how she really feels. Yeah, it was a good feeling. And then, like I said, I got to take her to Germany where she was born. And, and it was funny because coming around full circle, my niece, my, my sister Debbie's daughter, is serving in, in our armed forces over in, in South Korea right now. Um, and I want to thank her personally for sure. protecting us. Um, and, and so she's getting uh, sent. She's a military police officer with uh, the dogs. Right. Which is, you know, if you can find a really cool gig uh, working with dogs, dogs it's yeah. really cool. Yeah, right? yeah. 
And and some of those dogs they have those uh, Belgian what are those uh, Malinois Malinois yeah. those are amazing. My, one of my best buddies was my bodyguard during the rest in peace years. Um, he had uh, got a, a canine beat in Las, in Las Vegas and had one of those dogs and oh they're so amazing. Oh I, I we have a great sheriff here in Hillsborough County and I got to go see the training facility mm-hmm. and watch them train with the dogs. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. They're it's so amazing smart. how smart they are yeah. and how protective they are when yeah. people say. They're they're part of the force because they they've done so much work with them and yeah. been such a part of. Yeah, they are. Uh, tonight, Ruth Eckert Hall. You'll have experience Hendrix. You'll get to see Dave Mustaine. You'll get to see uh, a bunch of other great guitar players. And if you are a fan of Jimi Hendrix, these are the best guys to be playing that music for you. And it's the best next best thing to actually get to see Jimmy do it live. You got Megadeth, uh, the second Megadeth beer coming out. The sixteenth album is in the works, and then you're back here on June second. With Ozzy right here in Tampa. Thank you so much for getting up early and coming. You're welcome. You're a super interesting guy. I'm glad for your success, and I'm really happy to sorry about your mom. I think that yeah. you, you don't you're not you don't impress anybody else until you've impressed your parents. That's without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.